Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Welcome to the NHS Employers podcast on mental health. One in four of us at some point in our lives will be affected by a mental health problem. There is now a wealth of information, support and tools around mental health, but we still have a long way to go. I'm really pleased to be joined today by Emma Mamo, Head of Workplace Wellbeing at Mind, and John Bartlett, who has his own consultancy and is a coach and mentor. Um, Could I ask you, John and Emma, to introduce yourselves, please? So very happy to be here. Um, My role at Mind as Head of Workplace Wellbeing is focused on working with employers to um, educate them about how to create mentally healthy workplaces at an organisational level and then also working with line managers so they understand how they can support the mental health of their team members. Um, And then we're also increasingly working with networks of employers that are coming together to share best practice within their industry and sector. So again it's about trying to have that business to business um, education which is really key. I spend the majority of my time working with line managers and leadership teams to change their approach towards mental health, uh, particularly around personal resilience and also setting in place uh, the structure which will enable people to succeed and do well whilst battling mental health conditions. Thank you. Before we go into the podcast then, how do you both sustain your own mental well-being? For myself, I use a, a combination of diet and exercise as the first Uh, line of defence as it were. However I also speak regularly with uh, healthcare professionals to help myself. I have to deal with a complex needs service for the nature of my conditions. I have bipolar disorder. So really for me it's an awareness uh, piece more than anything else. For me I just have to reflect on the things that keep me well um, and then I think being very grateful for the things that are going well in my life and then just trying to reflect on things that maybe not going so well and try and address them and keep moving forward I think that's what keeps me healthy but definitely friends friends and family are a huge part of my life. From the work that you both do what are the things that you think keep people mentally well at work? Well I think for people it's very individual isn't it and I think what we would do is encourage people to sit down and think about what keeps them well at work what they need to do to sustain that and then to think about what might impact negatively on their mental health in the workplace um, how that might then affect how they might do their job and then what that needs to be put in place to help them manage that. Um, I think a useful tool from the health world is a wellness recovery action plan that people use once they've had an experience of a mental health problem which again as I said makes you think about what keeps you well, what might be the signs you're struggling, what you need to do if you're struggling and what your health professional might need to do to support you. You can then use that simple framework in a workplace context where you think about as I said what keeps you well at work, what might be um, a trigger for poor mental health, what might be the sign that you're starting to struggle and then what's helpful for you to do what's helpful for your line manager to do and also maybe what's not helpful for your line manager to do so you've kind of got that all captured so I think that's a really useful way that everyone can then have a very individual plan in place to support them at work. Yeah I'd, I'd agree I think with deadlines and increasing pressures in, in workplace it's it's a real challenge I think sometimes for people to to notice their warning signs notice what's triggering them so anything that can help in that is useful. Also, I think there's something about um, awareness within the broader organisation. It's hard sometimes for people to disclose mental health conditions and anything that's going to make that a little easier is, is to be encouraged. 
And I think linked to that, it's it gives the line manager permission to broach the subject. So if you've already had a conversation saying an early warning sign that I might be struggling is, I mean, for, for my example, um, if I come into work and I turn my computer on and I don't really chat to people, that might be a sign that I'm feeling a lot of pressure. So my boss can then email me and say, Emma, is there anything I need to know about? You've come in, I'm a bit worried. Um, whereas ordinarily, if we hadn't had that conversation, she might think, well, maybe there's a home issue going, or maybe she's had an argument with a family member. She might not feel comfortable broaching that. So I think because we've had that conversation, she's kind of laying it out. I'm only asking this because we've said this is an early warning sign, so is there anything I need to know? And if not, then, you know, let's ignore this. <laughs> yeah, I think there's very much something about the trust angle. Once, you, once you've kind of got that, uh, the wellness recovery action plan or something similar in place, Anything's open for discussion, and also there's there's no worry about offending anybody's feelings. It mm. becomes just a free and uh, simple exchange of information. And it normalises it. Yeah, very much. So if somebody is going through a challenging time at the moment, and is off work, um, and wants to get back to work, but they haven't got that open dialogue with their manager or with somebody who can support them, what would you suggest they do to encourage that conversation and get them... Uh, to a position where they feel able to talk about their problems that they're experiencing and also then move them forward back into the workplace? Well, I think that's a tricky one if the relationship is <clears throat> is difficult between um, the employee and the employer. And I think there's there's a, there's a breakout topic there really, isn't there, about actually if we normalise the discussion around mental health, hopefully that won't be the case going forward. But ultimately, um, it's your own mental health and you can't almost let the organisation dictate to you what that is. Now, it might be that you need to speak to your GP and get assistance there. Um, it might be that you need to take in, uh, as I say, a workplace colleague as a representative to help you through that meeting. But when people have been off long-term sick, things like keeping touch days, which people are familiar with from pregnancy, for example, those sort of little things, they don't have to be all about you know, what's happening within the team um, from a professional standpoint, as much as just socially keeping people in the loop, keeping them involved and things. Um, so I... I don't want to think people to think that all the emphasis is down on the employee. I think the employer has to kind of often step across the divide first to enable the employee to kind of stand up. Yeah. I would absolutely agree. Um, if someone is off sick, there is some good practice guidelines that managers should be making. And this isn't just for mental health, this is for physical health. You know, if people are out of the workplace, they can then become quite isolated and distant. So an, a line manager should be having agreeing with the person, regular contact, in a format that works for them and then making sure that they are positioning themselves as having an open door policy and trying to get um, you know trying to probe if there are any workplace issues contributing to the sickness absence and so on so again I would agree with John the emphasis shouldn't be on the employee but obviously if you are in that situation and you are wishing to come back to work then as I said getting some legal advice getting some third-party support um, our local mind network we provide mediation services so if you feel that um, you know the, the relationship with your line manager you need some extra support in order to negotiate and move forward there are things that you can access but we very much at mind are trying to push for employers and line managers to be taking those first steps as a manager what do you think uh, what would you suggest managers can do to create a mentally healthy workplace well, that's a, that's a long list, I think. Um, but I think top of the list is probably normalise the, the discussion. So often it's treated as some sort of taboo and different subject. But actually, managing for mental health is just like managing for anything else. And not even for a physical health condition. It's just about good conversations with your uh, team, good one-to-ones, building rapport, making sure that you're sharing the team goals, the organisation's values. 
that you're checking in with your your colleagues about whether you know work deadlines are, are too taxing. There's nothing which is unusual um, from the day-to-day -day management job as to managing mental health. I would agree. The other thing I'd add is just about leading by example. So you should model the behaviours that you want your team to adopt. So you should work sensible hours. You should take your lunch break. You shouldn't cancel leave. For me, um, if I'm working late one night, I'll say to my team, I'm working late tonight because on Friday I'm going to nip off at four because I'm going away for the weekend. So I'm not encouraging long hours and I'm being open about, um, you know, my working practices so I think it is about leading by example and then as John was saying just embedding mental health and weaving it into your everyday team processes and conversations. Okay. As a manager there is a lot of expectation that you know how to manage people and you have all the answers. If you're a manager and you have somebody who has a mental health issue how do you start to have that conversation? Or if you're noticing a shift in their behaviour, and that is a signal for you, how do you start to open up that dialogue? Well, I think about, I mean, you know the people in your team the best, so you can maybe see slight indicators that maybe something's wrong or something's changed for them. So how you then approach that conversation, I think, is based on how, how well you know them. Um, you might want to bring it up in a one-to-one, -one, but that might feel a bit formal, so then you could maybe say to the person, do you want to go out for coffee? For example, two of the team members that I have, because we've already got wellness action plans in place for them, one of them's identified that if they're starting to struggle, they want me to email them and say, is anything up? So they can think about what they want to share. One of the other team members has said to me, I'd like you to invite me out to a coffee so I can talk to you about it. Now, that's why it's really good to be proactive and have these conversations beforehand because then you know exactly how to support people. But if you're not at that, at that place yet, then it, general principles, I guess, would be, as I said, think about what's the most appropriate environment to try and have that conversation. I would say probably informal might be better. And then you could just open up saying, oh, Lately I've noticed a change, is there anything you want to talk to me about? And then see if they open up. But I would say around mental health it's quite a sensitive um, mm. subject. And although you might think it's the right time to bring it up, someone might not, the other person might not think it's the right time and they might want to think about what they want to say to you. So it's about trying to start the conversation. If it's not the right time, just saying, well, I'm always here for you. And then, you know, making sure they know you've got an open door. Yeah, I very much agree about the open door, I yeah. think. Um, it takes people a long time to come to a point of disclosure. It, it, it took me 16 years of having the condition before I disclosed in the workplace. And um, I, I think just being available to people, making yourself available, being really flexible and responsive to the needs that they have, the way that they want to communicate. And I just want to take a point there about uh, being expected to know everything. There's no way you could be expected to know everything about every mental health condition. Um, and so if we take that expectation away, then actually it just becomes two people having a conversation about what's going on uh, in their world. Uh, e even professionals, you know, uh, doctors and GPs, they have to go away and check their books. There's no way that you could know. And no one expects you, I think, as a manager to know these things. But what they do expect uh, is you to be human and to be encouraging and supportive. I think that's where it really starts for me. Absolutely. I've been managing people for six years and I've managed people living with mental health problems and there have been times when I don't have the answer and sometimes they don't have the answer about what would help them at this point in time. But you say, well, the best guess at the moment, let's try this and let's review in a week, two weeks, see what's working. I think the key thing probably John and I would really emphasise mm -hmm. is just take action, start the conversation, broach the conversation and just, you know, see where you end up. But shying away from it, avoiding it 
is going to make it worse for the other person and for and for yourself really so it's it's more about just do something and then just reflect whether it's working or not and tweak if you have to yeah i think flexibility is, is such an important thing and perhaps it's worth adding in um, confidentiality just making sure that that's really really clear to people that actually you'll treat anything they say in complete confidence because they'll they may reveal things to you which perhaps they don't want in the final report and you need to be able to judge uh, how, how that works within your organization but um, <clears throat> it really is about starting the conversation because once it starts it will keep going that's the beauty of it we've talked there about starting the conversation um, and Obviously, that is easier when the person is at work. Um, and one of the things that I know our managers do struggle with um, is when somebody has gone off sick, then having that open dialogue and starting that conversation with somebody. What would you suggest um, in terms of how to actually start that conversation with somebody who is off on long-term sick and where that conversation can go, how that can be as supportive as possible? Well, first off, I would try reassuring the person that the organisation is there for them and will stand by them through this this, this period. And what the organisation and you as the line manager want to do is understand what factors are, that may be contributing to the sickness absence. Um, you know, if it is a, related to mental health and might be related to, you know, experiences within the workplace. And then just positioning yourself as saying, you know, if there are issues, we'll work to address them together and so on. So hopefully that will then encourage the person to open up about any issues that might be um, a factor. Yeah, I think sometimes there's an assumption that work has made somebody have a mental health condition. There's any number of reasons why, and work will be one of them potentially. Um, but you can come at it from a very strict sort of duty of care sort of perspective. But I think it's it's important to, to say that actually the quality of communication before someone goes off will make a difference on how you can communicate them when they are off. Um, and, and actually, if you've been having good conversations beforehand, chances are you won't need to have a conversation about somebody being on the long-term uh, sickness because actually they'll be in dialogue with you. They'll be engaging with you anyway. We know from the work that we've done with NHS Trusts that sometimes as a manager, when they are faced with somebody who comes to them about a mental health issue, they approach them as a clinician as opposed to it being as a line manager what would your tips for them uh, be to help them to support that member of staff as an employee? Well, I think I'd first approach it as a human rather than a line manager or a clinician or anything. I think um, empathy and rapport, uh, which there are bundles of in the NHS, are, are the key things here. I would agree. I think, you know, if you have medical knowledge or whatever, you shouldn't make assumptions about people's experiences. Mental health is, you know, for everybody's very individual and experiencing a mental health problem, even the same one for two people would experience it very, very differently. So it's really listening to that person. What does this look like for them? What do they need in response? What support do they need? And then, you know, taking that forward. Thank you. Um, we're often asked about reasonable adjustments and how to make adjustments that are deemed to be reasonable but really that are supportive for the employee and they help. Um, how could you suggest that a manager has a conversation about reasonable adjustments and what are reasonable to be made as adjustments? Well, I, I think reasonable adjustments have uh, become a legal term that everybody knows uh, and they're often kind of rooted in offices but actually 
there's a variety of things that you can do to support people across any working environment. So I'm thinking perhaps within the NHS, things like uh, how you roster um, shift patterns on the ward would make a big difference. Um, and dealing with uh, tough situations, things like A&E, I'm guessing space for people to decompress afterwards or a buddying system to debrief on, on serious incidents. I would agree. I think, you know, when we talk about reasonable adjustments, I think it's more helpful to think about support measures and workplace adjustments that can support people. And that could be changes to how they perform their role. So we know of someone who takes their one hour lunch break in free 20 minute blocks so they can manage their mental health and take time out when they need to. So it's looking to see if you could accommodate that within a ward situation or other um, environments within the NHS. And then you can then look at how people um, their actual role itself if there are certain tasks that maybe could be reallocated and then as John was talking about you know providing support to people if they are going through challenging situations at, um, at work so debriefs I think are really important in a variety of settings you know if you're dealing with the general public or if you've been dealing with challenging situations being able to process what happened, the action you took, reflecting on whether, you know, what you did well, what you could improve in the future, um, and then other learning points, and then you can put that to bed and move forward. So just um, providing support and buddying systems and debriefing just really helps people manage the, the impact of their job on a day-to-day, -day, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so you've mentioned there about buddies and colleagues. Um, as a manager, how would you suggest that we um, encourage that um, joint responsibility for well-being overall um, but obviously also then picking up on signs and behaviour changes um, so that we can have a conversation and generally support our colleagues around us. Well I think there's something about normalising the conversation. Um, it, increasingly it's not a taboo subject but if we talk about things within team meetings we have a temperature check for how the team are doing that sort of stuff can transform people's uh, approaches because they feel listened to and respected. I think what we've been speaking about has been at a very individual level. I mean, you can have a really great line manager, but if they are operating in a vacuum and the organisation that they're working within doesn't have um, an organisational wide approach, that's when you can start experiencing difficulties. So we would say that employers do need to create mentally healthy workplaces. They need to encourage setting up buddying schemes for even new starters. It's helpful for them to have a buddy to, you know, get it integrated into the workplace. So there's something that can be happening at an organisational level. And then at a team level, I think it's as John said, it's about normalising it so you can have team temperature checks at you know, your fortnightly team meetings. You can also do quarterly reviews of um, you know, what's impacting on our mental health as a team, what things do we have control over, what do we have influence over, and that then becomes your action plan. And then at that individual level, when you're having frequent one-to-ones with them, you can be asking someone, how's, how's your mental health? You, know, not, you wouldn't say how's your mental health, but how's your well-being? Is there anything I need to know? So you're just having those conversations frequently. So you're getting that regular snapshot of how people are getting on. Yeah, and I, I think line managers are, are employees themselves. So I think it's incumbent upon leaders, chief execs of trust and the like, to actually set a great example from the top, um, to be clear about uh, the expectations they have around people will be supported and cared for. I think that's a, such an important piece. For example, at Mind, we have action learning groups set up for managers and heads. Um, so we can kind of get together with peers at our level every six weeks or so, and you'll talk about um, thorny issues that people are grappling with. And that can be people issues, it can be inter-team issues, it can be other stuff. So I think there's all these different ways in which people's well-being can be supported, but I think it needs to be 
led from the top and saying this is how we do it in our workplace this is how we kind of manage mental health and this is the different structures we put in place to support people and um, you've both talked about temperature checks so as a manager if they were listening to this thinking i'd love to do something like that how do i do it could you tell us a bit more about how they would use a temperature check for example in the handover or in the workplace well, just from within my team, every fortnightly team meeting that we have, we have on the agenda team temperature check, that simple. And then we just go around the table and everyone says how they're doing in terms of their well-being and anything they might be struggling with. And then what you'll see is other team members saying, oh, yeah, I've faced that before. I've got some good tips about that. Or And then people kind of provide that um, kind of support to each other. But it also alerts me as a manager if there's something I need to know about. And it's just really good to do it as a team because it brings it out into the open. Obviously then, as I was saying previously, I have monthly catch-ups with every one of my team members where again, I'll be asking them how they're getting on. And in the one-to-one, -one, I'll do a review of the last month saying what went well and what didn't. And for things that didn't go so well, I'll start unpicking, you know, what caused that? Was it an issue with another colleague? Was it a knowledge issue, a skill issue? So then I can then start responding to that. Um, and then we'll also forward plan for the next month saying, you know, what's coming up? Are there any pinch points, anything I need to be aware of, anything I need to respond to? And then we'll just touch in about personal development. And so it's a very holistic conversation about how someone's getting on at the, in the workplace at that time. And it's just creating opportunities for that person to tell me what's going on. And I'll also ask for feedback about the support I've given them. So if I've done anything unhelpful, I'm asking for that feedback. They don't have to raise their hand. So that's some of the ways I kind of introduce and um, have ongoing temperature checks with my team members. Yeah, and I think you know it grows out of um, temperature check is just a, an expression, a phrase that we use. Um, but ultimately, when you first get your team together, when you're a line manager, you know a lot of managers will talk to them. Okay, what do you want? How do you want to be managed as a team? How should we do things? People go on away days or have team meetings to kind of approach that. So if you put mental health on the table and say, look. I've heard about this temperature check idea that people want to buy into that. I think you'll find that a lot of people will put their hands up and go, yes, please. And in fact, um, may actually kind of push for it and, and generate a lot of the content themselves. It's, it's not just to be led from, um, from a manager's perspective. Any, anybody can speak up. And I think that's the important point. Thank you. So as a manager, is there anything that you could suggest as a top tip that you could give to me about creating a mentally healthy workplace for my staff? I think the thing I would always say is start the conversation. People are so fearful, but once it starts, it will run and run. Um, and if anything, you'll get a lot of respect from your team by being the person who acknowledges this is happening, who acknowledges that perhaps it's a tough place to work or you're going through a lot of change in the business, so maybe we should start the conversation. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'd say. I would agree with what John said. I guess also it's about, you know, if you broach the conversation, if you start the conversation and then people tell you things, you have to respond and you have to take action. And even if you know things can't be addressed whole, straight away, as long as you're just reporting back to people about what's happening and what you're doing and being authentic. So I think, yeah, it's about taking action and being authentic and then just letting people know what's going on and, and being honest if there are challenges. 
but just always ha- keeping the conversation going I think for me when I've been managed by people that you've kind of shared something or said there's an issue and then you don't really hear back around it that that kind of then damages the trust that you have yeah I'd agree and I don't think you need to manage any differently for mental health it's actually about really good management it's about rapport empathy talking to your staff there's not like a special magic ingredient that you add in for mental health it's about doing the day job really really well are there any tools, resources, signposting that you want to make sure that our listeners know about before we end our podcast? Absolutely. Mind has uh, created a wealth of resources for line managers and you can access that by going to our website mind.org.uk forward slash work and that really breaks down what we've been talking about today you know how do you promote well-being amongst your staff how do you tackle the causes of work-related mental health problems and how do you support staff no matter where they are on the spectrum so I would definitely signpost people to that and then also um, we have our mind info line which can um, direct people to support in their area so um, the mind info line is 0300 123 3393 and it can really signpost people to the support that they might need Absolutely. I think the resources uh, that Mind have are pretty much the benchmark, but there are other things out there. So, for example, if um, managers are CIPD qualified, there's a very good resource on the CIPD website. Um, if you're talking about awareness raising, obviously, Time to Change, which Mind partner in, um, there's some great resources and materials out there. I think anything which is going to start the conversation, which will move you forward. Thank you very much, Emma and John, for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.